Hey, good everyone, and welcome back to the Heston Russell Voice of a Veteran podcast. This episode is my conversation with Mr. Normie Rowe. Now, for those who don't know, Normie Rowe is known as the king of pop. He was an Australian pop music sensation back in his teenage years and was then conscripted to go over to Vietnam, which really interrupted his career, as you can imagine, combat would. Normie also helped lead the charge with the team to then plan and conduct the Vietnam Veterans Welcome Home Parade in 1987. And on this episode, Normie and I talk about the conversations we've had over the last two years, looking to plan a similar commemorative activity for contemporary veterans, those of Afghanistan and Iraq, and how we came about talking about and developing the veteran games and a hell of a lot more. So stay tuned, listen in, make sure you subscribe to this podcast to get the updates, and we hope you enjoy this episode. G'day, Normie. How are you, Hess? Good, mate. How are you? Good. Yes. Tell me about the Veterans Games. Veteran Games. Well, Veteran Games came from that original conversation with you nearly two years ago now when the government announced we're going to withdraw out of Afghanistan and you, um, with your mates, obviously were responsible for helping to organise the Welcome Home Parade for the Vietnam Veterans. So what were you going to do? So we want to do something very similar, but um, trying to bring it into something that would have people turn up, compete, put their skills to the test, because, you know, we do a lot of talking. And there's lots Coming of Coming together is the important part. Yeah, isn't absolutely. It? Really. It's the, the, the thing is that uh, I don't know what you went through. Yep. Your family don't, don't know what you, you know, you can talk all you like with your family, but the only people who understand intricate moments yeah. that, that you experience are the people who are with you. Yeah, your mates. And, and this is what I've found, my long experience now with all of this, it's, at, at the end of a day, like I had yesterday with two of my friends, yeah. I feel so relieved. Yeah. Even now, at forty years later, you know, well, it's just. The, it, I think it's a few things. It, it forces you to be authentic, as you know, you can't bullshit your mates. Yep. And it keeps you accountable as well. You know, it's one thing to sit back there and reminisce on what was, but we've got to focus on what is here and now. And I don't think there's Believe enough. Believe me. Yeah. In in thirty years' time, when yeah. you're my age, how old are you? I'm not saying. <laughs> <laughs> well played. But, yeah. but you'll understand when you get there because yeah. you'll you'll be saying to yourself, yes, now the older I get, the better I was. Yeah. I don't want to do that. I want to give a platform where people can come and show that they've still got some of that. And again, as you were saying before, showing that to the public because there's a lot of assumptions. There's a lot of people talking about us. There's a lot of people, you know, looking at veterans like me. One, don't even know we're a veteran. Or two, look at us with sympathetic or sad eyes or you've got PTSD or whatever, it's like, sure, we've all got our own issues, but we're good to go. Sure, 99% sure. of the time, we're really able. 99% of the time, you don't present with those things. Yeah. And when a, a stressful uh, situation occurs in your life, yeah. as long as you've got the strategies to deal with it, yeah. and I had one recently, yeah. um, and I was struggling. I yeah. honestly was struggling at the beginning of this year. And I, I said, no, this is crazy. I've got to take my own advice. So yep. I got in touch with uh, Open Arms. Yep. They put me in touch with a, uh, a, a psychologist, a, yeah. a counsellor. We had a chat. And I came out of there thinking, what, why does all this stuff that I already know, yeah. why doesn't it present itself and I can deal with it? Yeah. But it's basically because you get clouded. Yeah. And, and, and it was fantastic. I, I walked away and, and I started all, all of a sudden to be able to deal with the the event that caused that that 
like that post-trauma. Yeah, that so, triggering event. Yeah. No, I'm with you. And part of this, mate, even that conversation, thanks for sharing that with me, is, you know, helping to break down these stigmas on mental health. Well, like, it's really important, you know. Well, I, see, I see my psychologist uh, once every two weeks. We, we're trying to break this terminology. Everyone says mental health. It's mental fitness. You've got yeah. to proactively, like you get a trainer, you go to the gym to help keep you healthy. You've got to do the same for your mental health, well, don't you? Yeah, I, you know, I mean, I, if you can admit to yourself uh that you need some help yeah then you can go looking for it and and it, it's available yeah uh and do that for yourself as well yeah not just sit back and wait for others to come help you but it's also doing it for your own micro community your yeah. family and your friends and all that sort of thing because they see what you're going through yeah they see that that this is whatever this is is causing you stress and uh, grief whatever yeah. um they can see it but but they can't fix it because you need professional help you know? so a big, a big, a big part thing about the vets games yeah. is is that you're going to be bringing a whole lot of people together and they're going to be talking yeah um and as long as you realize that this is also an opportunity yeah. for them to maybe hook up with some information situations if they haven't, or yeah. uh, you know, especially the young people who who have had their hands held, if you like, yeah. through their military service, and all of a sudden they're cast out into the GP uh, and not really understand what's available to them. Well, that's that's a big that's, thing. That's been a big part for me, and I'm keen to get your reflections from the what you guys did with the Welcome Home Parade, because so much of my um, ongoing sort of um, proactive mental fitness piece is actually connecting with my veteran community and people who know me and why days like Anzac Day are so great because you get to connect with that community that there's that common understanding. Yeah. And again, you can't hide, you can't, you know, you bluff, there'll be a bit of chest poking that goes on Anzac Day, I love that. But getting people around each other where they feel comfortable having those potentially vulnerable conversations without even knowing them, you know, once a few beers and are just, downrange. Just remembering, there I was up to my neck and mucking bullets. Yeah. And, and see see this hats on. scorch, yep. scorch pad on the on the letter, Mum. That's yep. a trace round just going across in front. Yeah. Yeah. We had and emails you, in my day, mate. Yeah. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you, you probably have even no, phone calls. Yeah. God. Mm, every now and then. Yeah, you yeah. had to send up smoke signals, you know. Yeah. It was crazy. Oh, but but um, getting back to this uh, idea of connection and you you won't ever be anything uh, other than ex-military. Yeah. You know, you'll always be ex-military. Well, part of you. And, but yeah. I have. I still meet people and they've never been to an Anzac Day yeah. march or they've never seen any of their mates. And, and I put it to them this way. One of the most important things in, the, in Australian military, right back to uh, the Boer War and, to, if you like, to the, the understanding that Sir John Monash had in the First World War that Australians were very different, had a very different complex uh, emotional makeup from veterans from other, or, or the military from other countries. Uh -huh. and, they, and, and we have to be treated that way because we have this egalitarian state that everybody wishes they had. Yeah, yeah. You know, and... and Which is a good thing. He, he his idea was that that um, you know we all we all connect and if we can stay connected yeah. we're going to be so much better off no i'm with you, you know. i'm with you um and that's what you said that identity part one thing i really look forward to with the veteran games is absolutely celebrating that 
military identity that connects us all, that's all part of us. You know, everyone's been trained to do the events that we're going to have at the veteran games. Yep. But also having veterans bring some of their new identities, you know, particularly forming a team. You know, there's organisations, businesses out there that but have You've got veterans. to understand that veterans doesn't mean just young veterans. No, I'm you've got you. to have You've got to have a wheelchair race Mate, or, a, or a Zimmer frame or, or something that... I can do, you know. This I mean, is the exciting I'm part. I'm not going to be in a tug of war beating you young bastards. This is this <laughs> is the fun part. As long as you can compete as a team, like it's not individual um, competitors, it's competing as a team, you know, we can all put together our strengths to help the team push through. Yeah. Mate, you, we can carry a Zimmer frame, put you on someone's shoulders, Sam will oh, help you push through. Oh, that's a good through. idea. Yeah, right. well, I don't even have one, as a matter of fact. No, but, I don't. But you, if, I, if it would be okay with you... Absolutely. I can... <laughs> Absolutely, okay. but I want to be, I want I want veterans. I want veteran organisations, veteran companies, veteran businesses out there to put together their own team of veterans. I'd like to be the coach for the Anchorman. For Not the, anchor- the oh, you know the guy the anchor- who sits at the, the back guy of the sits back like that. Yeah. Oh, and I'll always say, eat more food, eat more, food. <laughs> get bigger and fatter. <laughs> so, however, with the veteran games, people have to compete in every activity. Oh. The, the risk is one big team turning up to the obstacle, the tug of war. And then they don't want to do anything else. Now nah, you got to get that anchor man over the obstacle course as well. Uh, okay. So hey, there's some tactics at play, and that's the fun part. It'll be an aggregate score where, from where all the, the events. Where is the obstacle course going to be? That's a surprise. We're going to let that know in a few we're months' not, time. We're not taking them out to Kanunga again because I'm not going. No, 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 no. There'll be no uh, lantana <laughs> and jungle training oh, in this dear. one. So Normie, I want to go back to the welcome home parade that you and your team were instrumental in delivering, and particularly how important that was for shifting the culture within your own veteran community in the Australian public because as you know my grandfather um, was in the Vietnam War and just before he died he actually said to me don't let them treat your lads the way they treated mine when we got back and you were really a key part of shifting that I want to know more about how cathartic therapeutic supportive and transformational that um, welcome home parade was for your guys well I like to think of it as uh, more than just a single thing First of all, the catalyst for any change, the catalyst was uh, the song I Was Only 19 by by John Schumann because it brought to the sensibilities of the general public what could very very easily have just never been recognised. Yeah, wow. Um, And then a half a dozen Vietnam veterans heard about the Vietnam Welcome Home Parade in Chicago in in the United States and decided to raise the money and they got got it through Ray Martin and the the Midday Show to fly across and and take part. They said it was the most amazing thing and when they came back to Australia, they said, we have to have one of those. So there was a a general meeting um, where... uh, expressions of interest came and there was about 300 people turn up for it, uh, I being one of them. Uh, and it, it was sort of, it was like all of a sudden there was an urgency purpose for this to happen, yep. you know. Now, those 300 people sort of whittled down a bit and I suppose they went out to their suburban areas and all that sort of thing and became... Um, it was it was sort of like an octopus, yeah. You know, all the that all network. the arms, yeah. the network ca- came out, and because we'd been in the military, we understood uh, all the the networks 
and and the chains of command. Yeah. So it, it was sort of not too hard to put it all together. Yeah, that's brilliant. The interesting thing is that the chairman of the committee had only raised himself during the military to a level of sergeant. Yeah. And he had, until his retirement, been a sergeant of police. So, yeah. you know, he was what we call a baggy ass, pretty much, right? <laughs> so, so, so they Peter Poulton, a beautiful man, fantastic yeah. man. And, um, and we were sitting there one day and, and I said, how do you reckon it's all going? And he said, well, we started off with 300. We've got eight now, or 11 or whatever it was. Yeah. And I said, all right, and what, what's your experience? He said, well, a committee, a committee, the best committee to be on is a committee of two with one on holidays. Oh, dear. Uh, but, but, you know, they, it, this, it took a lot while from these six guys coming back from the United States with this yeah. idea yeah. for it just to permeate through the Vietnam Veterans Society and and then so as we got closer there were different things that happened for instance uh, graham edwards from uh, from seven ra uh, he, he from his wheelchair position became a minister for police and sports and recreation oh, in wow. western australia yeah and i was over there doing some shows in perth and, and he said, can you come to a meeting because I'm, I'm not getting any traction for the Welcome Home Parade. Yeah. So I, I went in and they said, they wouldn't give us a Welcome Home when we came back. Why should we go now? Yeah, wow. And I, I understood it. Yeah. And I said, well, because the magic they are non-existent. Yeah. They're absent. They've yeah. got nothing to do with it. The highest-ranking member of this committee is a sergeant, yeah. and and the rest of us are pretty much baggy asses, you yeah. know. So the one thing we did learn, and and this is one of the things that, you know, like I talked about John Monash before, one of the things he instilled in the Australian uh, AIF first AIF was their reliance on their mates, yeah, you know, on each other, the not level. the people up there, yeah. not the people down there, but on each other, yeah. Uh, and and you, it, it was you don't you're never a jack man. Yeah. Right. I'm with you. Damn you, Jack. I'm all right. And I cleaned that up for you. Thank you. So, so uh, I said, look, you know, at this welcome home parade, there's going to be somebody, even if they come from a local community in Sydney. Yeah. They're going to be looking for you. Yeah. Are you going to be a jack man? Oh, it was horrible. Yeah. <laughs> Are you going to be a jack man and let that guy down? Yeah, yeah. Right? Um, you know, Western Australia had more veterans pro rata for its uh, the size of the population in WA yeah, wow. than any other part of Australia but for Sydney because okay. Sydney was a no-brainer. Yeah. You know, so getting people to go to the Welcome Home Parade uh, that was that was going to be a very big thing. Yeah. When it happened, though, um, Peter and I were walking up past the Mitchell, Mitchell Library in Sydney, where the Welcome Home Parade was being held. Yeah. Uh, and I turned to Peter and I said, "Suppose we gave a welcome home and no one came." Yeah. Which is play on words for the John John Lennon movie. Okay. Uh, suppose they gave a war and nobody turned up. But, yeah. So. He said, well, we can't do anything. And he said, as far as I'm concerned, uh, the thing that happened on the radio two days before 
Uh, it was on, I think it was on uh, Alan Jones' program. Uh-huh. Uh, and we just visited Alan and we were talking to the station manager of uh, 2UE, who became a big sponsor. Um, and uh, we were just chatting with him and we overheard Alan um, take a phone call. And it was this lady. She said, I'd like to thank the organisers of the Welcome Home Parade because last night something really important happened in my life. My, uh, my father came home from Vietnam and the next day he left and, and we hadn't seen him since. Oh, wow. Uh, and, uh, and so we always wondered what happened to him. Yeah. And last night there was a knock on the door and it was my dad. Oh, wow. Mum had passed away, but we had our father back. Yeah, wow. And thank you very much. And it was the Welcome Home Parade that drew that bloke out of his years, 20 years of being uh, just being out of his personal community yeah, and brought, brought him back in. Yeah, and it right. happened a couple of times during that period. Of there other anecdotes I can relate to you. But see, that's why the Veterans Games are going to be really important. Yeah, yeah. Not who wins and not being able to be better than the other guy or anything, but who do you connect with? Yep. Are you going to be a jack man? Are you going to stay away? Yeah. yeah. Or a jack girl? I don't. <laughs> yeah, you're good. Because <laughs> yeah. you know, I mean, you you guys, younger people, had a lot more uh, women on the front line than we had. We, we didn't have anybody. Yeah, no, different time. They had to kiss each other, but and you got no idea how ugly <laughs> some of the guys I served were. <laughs> I could imagine. I could imagine. But you really raise an important part, Norman. We spent a lot of time trying to get the top-down political support for this, but it's the grassroots, ground level. Uh, where it needs to be focused because also that's where I think a lot of people stay away from this sort of stuff if they do see too much top every too much brass and the best part about um, us putting this together is I think we've sort of ruffled a few feathers up the chain trying to hold them accountable but this is where it's at and the more guys and girls we get together to show that and to form those networks that are going to be there after the games and into next year that's our focus. I'll give you a a little anecdote. Uh So we had our uh, general meeting. We had a general meeting once every four weeks or so to see how we were going. Yeah. And a letter had been sent to the Prime Minister of the day to invite him to be at the, you know, and a lot of the guys said, why would you invite him? Yeah. And I said, well, because he was the Prime Minister of the day, apolitical, we don't want to be political about it. Yeah. The letter came back from his office saying, sorry, the Prime Minister is, will be unavailable. He doesn't think that this is a worthy cause. So wow, there were a whole lot of people. You served with some pretty, obviously, you know, yeah. some, some pretty... Assertive. Sort of assertive people. Yep. And they were of the similar ilk. Yeah, yeah. Like, these are veiled. And yeah. we had a riot on our hands yeah. in the office at Congress Hall in Anzac House. I can imagine. And I jumped up on these beautifully French polished tables and I went, hey, the last thing we need to do is to bend to the will of the of these, do you understand where the pyramid is? Yeah. I said, the pyramid, nice. we've got to make the pyramid upside down. Yeah. We've got to put them at the bottom and us at the top. Yeah. So. Uh, Keep that focus on the people. Three days before the welcome home, we'd made 
planned who was going to be on the saluting dais and yeah. who's going to be the governor general and the, the state premier. And the, three days before, oh, Mr. Such and Such yeah. uh, will, and this is in 1987, so you can look it up for yourself, <laughs> has been able to clear his deck and will be able to attend Lovely. a welcome home. Lovely. By this, the, fa yeah. the, the welcome home was a fait accompli and it was going to be a big thing. Yeah. You know, but I did, it was way bigger than I ever expected. Power of the people. You focus on our community and our people, you know, others will, will come. Yeah. And that's what we've got to put our effort and energy into is that community aspect. I tell you a really nice thing. Uh, Sir Eric Neal was the head of Boral, which was extended from a company called Monia, which is a, a, a company that was set up by Sir John Monash. Oh, wow. Okay. Something I didn't realise. Yeah. Uh, anyway, we were at a fundraising thing for the captains of industry and we had some really big profile, including Neville Rand. Mm -hmm. uh, and we were looking for the sort of... Sponsorships, uh, donations. Yeah. And so Eric Neal said, look, and I was sitting next to him and he said, look, I... I can't speak for my board, so I'll go back to the board and I'll ask to, right? Uh, however, take this, he took his checkbook out and he wrote a check for $5,000 on wow. his personal checkbook and handed it to me for me to give to, to Pete Poulton. Yeah, gotcha. So, you know... That's a lot of money back then too, isn't it? All it needed... Whoa, 1987? Yeah. Uh, but all it needed really was for people to explain what it was. Yeah. And people like yourself yeah. and the uh, your other um, cohort yeah. that, who are involved in in pulling uh, your, the games together, you know, yeah. for this very same reason, yeah. it's going to be a, a really important thing within your your uh, generation. You're right. And, uh, and we'll be that. so glad because you, with your energy, you're taking up the cudgels that we started yeah. with, and we started behind the eight ball. Yeah. And you're right, it's that, that octopus, as you say, that network approach that we've got to push it out and decentralise and get the guerrilla warfare out there, don't Absolutely. we? And yeah. be, bear in mind that you are also the bottom of the pyramid. Absolutely. The pyram turn the pyramid upside down yeah. and allow the, the local communities to do their thing and bring it back into a central place where perhaps you've just set up a few you know, a games, yeah. <laughs> various activities. Absolutely. And that's the plan. Fantastic. That's the plan of years going forward. Are you going to come and sing at the games? Oh, I don't know yet. I, I, I'll have to have a look at yeah. my um, my schedule. But oh, if, we'll write to you like the Prime Minister and three days before you can confirm. No, no, no. 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 <laughs> I, I'll know a long time before. I but know, I'm with you. Uh, um, I know the second half of this year is pretty busy for me, but yeah. uh, certainly I would love to be there. And, and, uh, well, and either I'm, way, you're out here supporting it, Norman. I really appreciate that, mate. You're right. a legend. Thanks Thank very you, much, Heston. Much appreciated. And come to the games. One and only, Normie Rowe, ladies and gentlemen. If you don't know, Google it. <laughs> <laughs> Thanks, Normie. Thanks for listening to this episode of the Heston Russell Voice of a Veteran podcast. Remember, if you haven't subscribed already, Head to HestonRussell.com and get on the list to stay up to date with new episode releases, other campaigns and all sorts of information coming your way. Otherwise, you can follow me day to day on my social media. Instagram is the preference at Heston Russell. And if you are a veteran or a veteran family member who needs support with any services, please reach out and connect with the team from my charity Veteran Support Force at vsf.org.au.
Otherwise, thanks for listening and look forward to the next episode. See ya.